Konisti Hawaii. Welcome to the Candlelit Tales podcast, episode 36. My name is Aaron Hegarty and I'm one of the co-founders of Candlelit Tales and we tell stories, Irish mythology specifically, and we back it with live original music. Now we're coming to you from isolation, so we're having to change up how we're doing things like everybody else in the planet. But we're trying to do this by releasing a new podcast every week and then every Saturday we have post-show chat about it. So it's one story per episode and then on the weekends we're going to have a chat. It's one o'clock Irish time on Saturdays. Check our social media and find where you can find us on Facebook live stream. And if you can't catch the live stream chat, you can catch the episode once we uh, release it online. Now, we'll be talking about stuff, mythology, and this episode, which is Dermid and the Daughter of Country Under a Wave, which is one of the beautiful, tragic love stories. They're all kind of tragic in Ireland, to be honest. But if you like what we're doing and you want to support us from wherever you're isolated, we'd be much appreciated. We, uh, yeah, our gig-based economy is a bit shot, so I guess... We are super appreciative of any support you want to give us in this time. Go to patreon.com forward slash candlelit tales. Thank you so much for all the support we've gotten so far. If you want to make a one-off donation, you can do so at our website. Press the PayPal button, candlelittales.ie. Now, I hope you're settling in with a cup of tea or whatever you're having yourself. It's time to tell you a story. In the wild, moonlit woods a woman walked, a narrow path she slowly trudged. She was weary to the core of her bones. A thirst caught her and she went to quench her thirst by a pool beside a flowing, babbling brook. She looked into the pool of water then, a reflecting image that met her one working eye shook her to the core of her being. She squinted down unsure of what she was looking at. A haggard old woman. Her straw-like scraggly hair scratched her way down to the nape of her back. Her pasty pale skin was covered with dirt and grime. Her crooked nose and cheeks showed moles sprouting hair and as she drew back her thin line of her lips she saw jagged teeth sticking out from odd uneven angles with decay and dirt hanging from them so they looked like aged toppling tombstones that had moss growing all around them. She looked at her crooked clutching fingers and hands which had warts all over them dirt underneath her nails and she looked at her twisted wrists, her knobbly elbows, her knees that bowed and bent and below the edge of her dirty skirts she saw long grey twisting ends of her own pubic hair dragging along the ground. She gave a weakened howl of weary grief. She didn't know herself. She didn't even know how long she'd been walking for. She knew only one thing that she needed to do, and so she kept on walking, weary though she was through the long night, in search for someone with a true heart. <laughs> 
and kindness to help her. She'd heard the Fianna were said to have been the kindest as well as the bravest hearts in all Ireland, and so she went in search for them. She walked across the Curra, following the lights up on top of the hill of Allen where the Fianna were gathered then. She went to the door where Fionn McCool answered her. She asked simply and humbly to be let across the border of his lodging. But one look at this woman turned the insides of Fionn McCool and so with a taste in his mouth he had not recognised he closed the doors on her. She went weary walking now to a different door and knocked upon it. Oshin, the son of Fionn, came to the door and looked on this poor haggard old woman and she now begged to be led across the border of his lodging and once more Oshin couldn't bear to look at her and so simply closed the door. Now the woman, desperate, went one last time to a different lodging knocked upon the door and Divna, the beautiful one of the Fina came she asked him pleadingly if she would be allowed cross the edge of his border into his lodging and he pitied her he saw the weariness and weakness in her and so he allowed her across the edge of his border into his lodging and once she saw the fire she ran towards it all the men that were gathered there by Dirmudadivna's fire, well, they made themselves fairly absent. Now she let her hands be warmed by the fire, asking Dirmud, was this okay? He said it was fine, and he went down to his own blankets to put his head down. She turned to Dirmud and asked him, could she get in underneath the covering of his own blankets? Now Dermot rolled his eyes at this and said, You've asked to come across the edge of my border into my lodging. You've asked to come sit by my fire. And now you've asked to come under my blanket. But for all that, he said, I'll let you. And he allowed her underneath his blanket, folding an edge of it so that their skins wouldn't touch. Now she left down her head and fell into a deep slumber, relieved now to finally be shown such kindness, and she fell into a beautiful, blissful sleep, where she felt healed, held, and welcomed all at once. When she awoke, a flood of memories came back to her. She felt rejuvenated and youthful, fresh with energy and delight, and as she looked up at Dermid, she saw a look of surprise across the beautiful man's face. He was astounded to look down at her, and she looked at her youthful hands, felt her soft skin and her flowing blonde hair beside her neck. She was the daughter of the people of the country underwave, and the king was her father. Now she looked at Dermid and smiled. Seven long years, she told him, she had been walking around Ireland after an evil druid had placed a curse on her. And she had needed a heart that was hot for helping another to cure her of her curse. Well, Dermot blushed a little bit and was quite enamoured by the woman he was looking at now. She asked him where he would like to see a beautiful house built. He 
kind of pointed it to the nearest hill and said that would be fine I suppose now men came in shortly after that then and they all were astounded to see this beautiful woman that Dermot introduced as the daughter of King Underwave they said there was a beautiful house up atop that hill that had not been there before and so Dermot followed the beautiful woman as she led him to this house she said I'll come into this house with you Dermot if you promise me one thing and Dermot said anything anything at all whatever you want sure like literally anything at all she said that as long as you do not remind me of the way that I was the day that I came to you we can live in love for eternity now Dermot was happy with that and they went into the house and they fell into each other's arms and well, they stayed like that for a few days. And a few more days. And a few more days went by. Until the Fianna came knocking and asked Dirmid Divna to bring the Bjogaltok out to hunt. They needed his skill and his grace. And the daughter of King Underwave told him to go. After all, they had been in each other's company now for a long enough time. It was time for him to go explore venture with the Fianna. Now Dermot asked her to take care of his prized dog, the greyhound he loved, and her three pups. She accepted this and he asked her not to give any of them away and she said they'll be perfectly safe with me. Now it wasn't long till Fionn McCool came to the house where the daughter of the king of the country Underwave was and they greeted each other with smiles and courtesy even though Fionn had been the one who had rejected her first. She offered him wine and he accepted it, saying he'd accept it only on account that he would be gifted something that she had. She asked him what it was that he wanted and he pointed to one of the pups of Dermot Divna and she gave it to him with a smile and a curtsy. Now Dermot came back and to see one of the pups gone, he was enraged and filled with sorrow. He said to her, if you'd have thought the way that you were with your long scraggly hair the day that you came to me, you would have not given away one of my pups. He knew as soon as he said it he shouldn't have, as the look across her face looked awful and tragic. She said, oh dear man, you cannot say this to me. But for all this, they forgave each other. And that night, they enjoyed each other's company even more. Now the following day, Dermot went off with the Fianna, this time to battle, and he brought the Moraltuk, the great fury, with him to fight. And this time, Oshin came across the hill. Now Oshin was greeted by this woman once more, the daughter of King Underwave, and he made a greeting to her, accepted a glass of wine on condition that she give him something he was looking for. She asked him what it was and he pointed to one of the pups. He once more went away with one of the pups and Dermot came that night and saw the second pup gone. He turned anger filling his body now to his beloved greyhound and whispered in her ear if this woman had thought the way that she was with her long scraggly hair the day that she came to me she would not have given away one of my pups. Oh, dear Mid, she said, you cannot say such things to me, please, you promised. But they forgave each other for all that, and after this, they slept peacefully together, filled with the love they had for one another. <laughs>
until the following day Diarmuid went out hunting once more with the Fianna bringing the Beogaltot and the Gebui, the little fury and the yellow spear. Now when he came back the third pup was gone, Quilt Macronan, this time being the man who had come greeted the daughter of King Underwave and taken away a prized possession, the prize being Diarmuid's greyhound's pup. And now for the third time, Diarmid cried out alive. If only this woman had thought the way that she was, the time she came to me with her long, scraggly, flowing hair, she would have not have given away one of my pups. And this time a storm blew, knocked Diarmid down to the ground. And when he opened his eyes, time had passed, the sun had moved down low, it was dipping house was gone and there was no trace of the woman to be found his heart leapt to his throat and he ran all around trying to find a track or any form of trail and he followed a broken piece of a trail that he thought might be hers till he saw his beloved greyhound was dead at the foot of the hill he carried the greyhound over his shoulder for he loved this greyhound as much as he loved the woman he was now running after He followed the trail until he came to the coast and there at a strand he saw a beach stretching out all along the coast and a small little boat then and he followed the trail until he jumped into the boat knowing something propelling him into motion he followed his heart and he started rowing into the waves and the waves they blew with the wind hot swirling around him as he went up and down across the ocean and then down, 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 down deep into the depths of the ocean until he came to a strange land. As he walked he saw a droplet of blood and then another and then another. He picked these droplets up and put them into a napkin. He walked along a bit more and saw a woman fiercely slashing at rushes, gathering them in bunches and carrying them upon her back. He called out to her and asked her where it was that they were, and she said they were in the land Underwave. And the king of the daughter of the country Underwave was sick. She had returned after seven years of being away under a curse, but now she was back, she was gravely ill. All the physicians were trying their best but couldn't do anything for her and all that would comfort her was a bed of rushes. And so she gathered these rushes fiercely for her. Dermot asked her to bring him to her. She said that she would do this. And she threw Dermot up upon her back amongst the rushes she was carrying and Dermot blushed to be carried by the woman but she ran off and brought him to the people of Land Underwave. There he saw the daughter of King Underwave and she was happy to see him. She said three parts of her sickness was gone from her but the fourth part would never be taken because she was so gravely ill she would surely die of it. The curse now coming back against her of the promise that Dearman had broken. He told her then that he was heartbroken to have caused this sickness and if there was any cure in the whole world of the whole wild ridge of the world he would go and get it. But the one thing she said that she needed was the one thing she could never get. And that was three drafts from the healing cup of the king of the plain of wonder. But no one had ever gotten that cup and no one ever would. 
but Diarmid said that he would go and get it and asked her to point him the direction for it. She told him that the river between her father's land and the Plain of Wonder was barred by a river. So vast was this river that it would take him a year and a day to travel by ship with the fierce winds blowing against him. Even though he went on his way. Now when he came to the edge of the river he walked up and down and saw no way across it until a little red man came towards him. And the little red man smiled at him and said, "'Tis a way across the river you're wanting to go, isn't it? Well, give me your foot and I'll carry you across. And so Dearman gave him the foot and when the little red man picked him up and carried him across the river just like that and landing him down, he pointed him in the direction of the dune of the king of the Plain of Wonder. And now that Dearman was there, he called out to the king to give him his healing cup or else send a champion to fight him for it. Now it was not the cup that they sent out, but twice 800 fighting men. And so Dearman Odivna brought out Moraltocht, the great fierce sword he held by his side, and the Gaedarag, the red spear, bloodthirsty it was, and for three hours there was a great and fierce fight at Dermot fought, and at the end of those three hours there was not a man standing next to Dermot. But then twice nine hundred better fighting men were set out against him with shining, brighter, sharper weapons and they all flew at him and he fought now for four hours up and down the coast of this river until finally he was the only man standing upon the ground of the Plain of Wonder. And then the king came out to him and asked who it was that had brought such devastation to the Plain of Wonder. Dermid said his name was Dermid Odivna of the Fianna and he had come to get the cup of healing so that he might cure the love of his life. Then the king said, well, it is a wonder you didn't send a message with your name for it was prophesied that you would come and bring destruction to my men. And I wish you had just told me your name. I would not have sent my men against you. But for all that, here's the cup. No one else has ever had it, bar myself. And Dermot took the cup then and turned around then and went back to the river and there was the small little red man. And once more he gave the little red man his foot and the little red man carried him across the big river with a blowing wind fiercely against him till he came across to the other side. Now the little red man told him that he was one of the magic folk and he came to his help because... Dermot's heart was hot to come to the help of another, another that he loved dearly. And he knew why Dermot was here and what he was doing. And he gave him instructions then to help him. He told him to go to a well nearby and fill enough water to fill three cupfuls. Then to go to the daughter of King Underwave and give her three cups from the healing cup and each time to place one of the drops of blood he had found when he first came to the country underway. After doing this, her sickness would be gone, but more than that would be too. For Dermid's love for this woman would evaporate with the curse as well. Dermid said there was no way this could ever happen and was about to leave until the little red man warned him one last thing. He said, when the daughter of King Underwave is in fact cured, whether you love her or not, 
The king will offer you rewards and take nothing. Be weary not to accept any prize other than a boat back to Ireland. Dermot nodded gravely and solemnly walked now to the well where he gathered enough water to fill three cups and walked up to the daughter of King Underwave. And there he looked at her lovingly. He knew that he would do anything and sacrifice everything for this woman he was looking at. And so it was an easy thing for him to try and heal her, even if there was a price to pay. But he could not believe the little red man. Now all of the people of the country Underwave were gathered around the daughter of King Underwave, and they were weeping and gathered there grieving, lamenting and playing sad music to mourn the dying daughter. When Dermot went up to her, he gave her a draught from the healing cup with a drop of her blood in it, and she looked at him thankfully and drank. She took the second draught, and with the second drop of blood in it, he looked at her lovingly. He gave her the final draught, and when she drained the cup, she felt her sickness was gone, and she looked at Dermot longingly and then knew with a look in his eyes something had changed she said oh dear me, the love you have for me is gone and her eyes teared up and he solemnly nodded his head now the king of country underwave rejoiced and all the people thanked Dermid and offered him riches and jewels as reward but he asked only for a boat to bring him back to Ireland. And he left then, and he went away to return to the Fianna of Ireland, leaving the daughter of King of the Country Underwave behind, healthy but heartbroken for the love she had for Dermot Divna would never cease. Well, there you have it. A very tragic, but some way beautiful love story with Dimra Divna and the daughter of Country Under Wave. Not the cheeriest, but I think we're always drawn to a bit of melancholy. Thank you for listening. This podcast was produced and edited by Oshin Ryan. Story was well told by myself, Aaron. My sister Soroka helped me out. And uh, yeah, the music was also done by Oshin Ryan. Now you can find out more about what we're doing on candletales.ie if you don't follow us on Facebook or Insta Tweet or whatever it is you social media wise yourself, you can do so and you can also find us on YouTube and we've been releasing some uh, previous shows up on YouTube. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the channel on whatever the platform is. That does really help. Go ahead. Go on. Did you do it yet? Have you subscribed? Go on, do it there now, yeah. It'd make me very happy if you do. <laughs> or at least, it'd make me a bit sad if you didn't. So do, yeah, subscribe or like our channel or whatever you're doing yourself. And that does help a lot. If you want to help us by sending us money, you can do that too. Patreon.com forward slash candlelit tales. And you can help us, well, by even sending us a one-off payment uh, through PayPal on our candletales.ie. Now that's as much pushing for that as I want. I also hope you're keeping safe, keeping sound, keeping isolated 
and keeping healthy. We have been uh, really impressed and privileged to get some beautiful responses and feedback. People painting us, people showing us art that they've been inspired, bulls they've painted from listening to the ton. And that's what we're all about is spreading a bit of inspiration. And we hope you're getting a bit inspired in this time, this low time, and able to create something, anything at all, even a good dinner, uh, and make a nice little garnish on the side. So hopefully you're feeling a bit inspired after listening to some of these stories and you can create in something your own way. That's what creativity is all about, inspiring others to be creative. So without any more waffle from me, we'll be talking about this podcast on Saturday week with my sister. And tune in, listen up and ask us questions on Facebook Live. For now, I will leave you with whatever your musings are. And thank you for the feedback we've gotten from some people so far about the podcast. It really does mean a lot. And we'll be getting back to you all very shortly with another story. Take care and uh, keep her lit. You. <laughs>